You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. For this day, because we have a very special, we have two special guests with us this morning. They, um, Char- Pastor Charles and Pastor Tessa Fuller, are are with us this morning. They're going to be preaching and ministering to us, so we're so excited to have them. They've been our friends for over 12 years. They are leaders and armor bearers for Pastor John and Becky Heinrichs at Balboa Campus. They're amazing. Pastor Charles has, um, from the beginning of, of men's ministry, emerged. Pastor Charles has been a leader and involved in creating that ministry into what it is today. He's a former Marine. He can make anything out of leather and wood, and he's like the modern-day Jeremiah Johnson. He's amazing. But in, and he's married to the fabulous, sparkly, beautiful Pastor Tessa, who is a party wherever she goes, full of wisdom, full of fun, full of just everything. She's like everything that you would want in a friend. And, and I just so appreciate all the things that you've spoken over me and our lives. And I'm just so glad that you guys are here and can minister to us today. Um, but we asked them to come, one, because we're a multi-campus site, so we don't always get to hear the voices of other, the, other pastors. So we really wanted to come and have them speak on relationships because they have fruit in this area. In their marriage, they've raised two amazing daughters who are in God's house, serving in God's house. They're in high school, beautiful girls, and they just have so much wisdom on their lives, and we asked them to come share with you this morning. So let's give a warm East Campus welcome for Pastor Charles as he comes. Well, how are we doing, East Campus? Man, what an honor and privilege it is to be with you guys today. So go ahead and have a seat. So yeah, I look around, I see so many friends in here. I mean, uh, Pastor Summer, first of all. So going all the way back to my first Connect group. Now, she looks all sweet and innocent today, but if you could have seen her 12 years ago, my arch rival in every competition, she's slightly competitive. But back in the day, I mean, the lies, the false accusations, I cheated to win the game. But look at her now. Salvation just came to summer. So (laughs) I see Heather and uh, yeah, Dan. I mean, just what great, great leaders. I mean, they carry just so much wisdom beyond their years. So and then Pastor Michael and Lisa, I mean, do you guys know what you have here? You really need to know. I mean, they are the best of the best. Just, I mean, I look at their life and the commitment level alone. When their pastor said, I need somebody to go break ground over here and create an East Campus, they picked up their whole life, their kids, and they came to sow into this city. And so that is an incredible act of faith. And then generosity. I mean, not many people have given away a vehicle. They have. I saw it. Uh, But they are just leaders in the marketplace. They are priests in the pulpit. And so let's just give a round of applause for Michael and Lisa. Make sure you sow into these guys. You know, I had had this reflection last week, and I just see the chaos happening in the world. And I just thought to myself, imagine how many more prayers God has got to answer in this season. Same thing for the campus pastors, our lead pastors, Pastor Jurgen Leanne. Keep them in your prayers. Love on them. Bless, bless them. Don't take them for granted. So you've got the best of the best here. Amen? All right. And so, hey, we're going to get into it a little bit today. We were asked to talk on relationships, whether you're single, dating, married. We're going to cover it all this morning. So 
A little bit about me. I did not have healthy, functional relationships to model my life after growing up. Uh, if you've heard my story, maybe you haven't, but um, my dad uh, committed adultery early on in the marriage, into that marriage. Uh, the lady he committed it with became my stepmom. My mom subsequently went on to marry, and she is on her fifth husband right now. So I saw a lot of dysfunction growing up, a lot of tears, a lot of, as a young boy, the oldest boy, praying for God to intercede, protect my mom, give me the courage to do something. And so I saw dysfunction growing up. So, but you know, what, how good God is, is God will use what the devil meant for evil for good. And so I am happy to say that I broke that chain, and then this coming February, I will celebrate 25 years of marriage to this beautiful woman right here, Pastor Tessa. Yeah, that is God. Give God some praise for that. So, um, so we want, we're here to just help share some wisdom for singles, dating, marriage. So let's talk about singles first. How many people are single? Just... Lift your hand up, look around the room. Okay, last service we had like half the group. How many that are single want to date? Do we have anybody? Okay, good, we got a good handful here. All right, so let's just dive into that a little bit. Um, the first point I wanna tell you today is the secret to everything we will share today. And that is we have to remember our greatest source of strength, encouragement, love, the one that's gonna guide us, help us find that right spouse in the future, and that's your father, your father God. You know, God is your first love. That's the most important relationship you could ever get right in your life. And so no one knows you better or loves you more than him. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So that is your number one, your first priority relationship. You know, when we think about God, think about like he's the one that breathed life into us. He's the one that placed you in your specific family and situation. He gave you your unique gifts and talents and abilities. He is that ever-present help in time of need. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Whatever faith journey you're on, seek him. And he's the ultimate judge of where and how you will spend eternity. It's God. He built you for greatness, but he built you for relationship. And the longer you become a Christian, a lot of times we get into this doing, but it's just being is what he's really after. Can you just be with me? Can you have a relationship with me? And so, you know, a lot of times I take a reflection, I don't know about you guys, but just evaluate maybe over your last week. If God was to grade you on your relationship with him over the last week, how many people would get an A or maybe something less than an A? I can tell you there's periods in my life where I'd get a pretty low grade, but you don't have to stay there. Today is a new day. You can start a new journey with God today. It's the greatest bit of encouragement I can give you this morning. So, you know, God loves you, and here's some action steps to just put that into practice. If you're not doing these now, just start somewhere. Number one is prayer. I love what I love about Pastor Jurgen and Pastor Quachet Balboa. They said, God has commanded you to command the morning and command the evening. I've been good at commanding the morning, praying in the morning for the whole day, but how about the evening? And so I took authority in that area and have seen amazing things happen. Also, the greatest way to increase your prayer and authority is what? Men and women's prayer. So if you're not attending a 10, 
Was it uncomfortable? Does anybody want to get up that early in the morning? No. However, you always leave refreshed, empowered. Pastor Matt started it at Balboa. He started in his house, first of all, because he needed to be a more powerful prayer warrior. And then he invited people in, took over at Balboa. Pastor Michael and I took over after he led to North Campus. And it is just one of the most phenomenal things you can be part of. So also, you got to read this word right here. If you don't have a Bible, we can give you one today. Uh, I did make that leather cover, just in case you were wondering. (laughs) But uh, the Bible is like the greatest asset you could ever have. All wisdom, all knowledge, all guidance for your life is in there. So dig in there. I recommend starting with the New Testament. It's kind of fun, exciting, you know, see what Jesus is doing. But all of it's good. And then also, um, you know, find out how does God speak to you. Me personally, God speaks to me through worship. So worship songs playing in the car, I'll pray for something for the day, and I'll hear a song I've never heard before, and God is literally speaking to me about what to do, what decision to make. So apply that to your life if you're not already. And then finally, how many of us are so busy doing things that we forget to pause, maybe even for one minute or five minutes a day, after you prayed and say, God, I'm listening. And just allow that silence to become comfortable. And I tell you, when you do it, a thought, an idea, a phone will ring. You'll get a text messages. I mean, he opens doors if you give him time. Don't be so busy with the world. And then also thank him. That's one, I think, at least for me, one of the most neglected areas of my life. You know, I think back, I was just thinking for this message. I'm like, I've been around the world. I've seen how the rest of the world lives. We live in America. I mean, of all the places God could have planted you, of all the cities, San Diego County, called the world's finest city, of all the churches, with all the pastors, we get to be part of Awakened Church. I mean, how good is God? I feel like I've got such a level up on the rest of the world, just where where I've been placed. And then all you beautiful people, we get to do life with each other, find out each other's story. One of the greatest things I've ever had, and I've I've become somebody that went from an introvert to a little bit of an extrovert due to my wife. Um, But I find people fascinating. Get to know their stories. Where are you from? What's your profession? What do you like to do for recreation? You know what? We have something in common. Let's go out for lunch today. That's how easy it is. But get to know each other. You guys are a family here. You're building kingdom. This is what you'll be judged for is, did you save my sons and daughters? Did you set the captives free? And we've all given that opportunity. So trust him, press into him every day, and watch how your life will accelerate. Point number two. Thank you. I appreciate that, Dan. Got one fan. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with just messing with you. All right. Number two, you. If you're single, Proverbs 22.1. It says, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Let that settle in. Loving favor rather than silver and gold. So I knew the good name part, but I was like, what's this loving favor? I looked it up, and it's basically stepping out in faith so God could pour favor out on your life. That is what impresses God is faith. Without faith, you know, it's impossible to please God. So let's step out. He wants to bless you. He's your father. Man, he will pour out so much blessing. Like Jake Schutte, they already had a little baby girl. Beautiful home. I tell you what, we love those guys. They are incredible. But they stepped out on faith, and look what God has done. So some of the things when you're single, what can you work on? Your character. 
you know, your character matters. And what is missing in this world? A lot of people don't have a lot of good character. You know, when I was in the Marine Corps, we had three things, honor, courage, and commitment. We were honorable. We were courageous. We were committed. Semper Fidelis, our motto is that we were always faithful. Define what's your character. What do you want to be known for? And equal to that is your reputation. You know, if you were, if I gave you an assignment this week to go out to five of your closest friends and just say, honestly, I want you to give me straight feedback. Don't filter it. I can take it because you're going to help me grow. And I want to tell you, what is my reputation? What's my character? What do you see in me? And out of those five different friends, would there be a consistent theme? I would challenge you to have that conversation because we all want to grow. We all want to have the right character, the right reputation. But if you don't know what you're putting out there, how can you change it? So I encourage you to do that. Values, you know, what are your values? I, I love to start with the fruit of the spirit, you know, loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kindness, gentleness, self-control is a big one. So figure out what those values are, you know, whether health is your value. You know, Dr. At Mass, uh, Matt asked me, list your top 10 values in order of importance. You know, it was funny. I didn't have health on there even once. So he's like, so if you're dead, how are you going to do number one? I was like, good point. That's a good point. I should probably not eat the burgers and everything my wife tells me not to. Those spicy nachos, though, watch out. They are dangerous. Yes. And then mentorship. Mentorship, let me pause here. I tell you what, everyone needs to have a mentor. If you don't have a mentor, make it your priority to get a mentor. You know you need somebody further along in life that can help you navigate singleness, dating, marriage challenges. I mean, seek it out. The easiest way is find somebody with some fruit in that area and say, could I take you to lunch? Can I buy you coffee? You've got something in your life that I want more of. And so seek wisdom. I mean, our brain can only take us where our brain has taken us. But I look at it like analogy. If you want to dig a ditch and you're there with your bare hands digging dirt and then your dad comes along with a shovel, how much more empowered are you going to be? How much more successful? That's what mentors do for your life. They show you a tool, a philosophy that you didn't have. And then live an epic life. When you're single, I mean, don't wait for marriage. Start becoming and being the person that God created you to be. That will be the most attractive thing to a future spouse is you living your best life. You know, what are your goals? What are your dreams? Are you pursuing them? You know, just take steps forward. You always want to be known as someone not perfected, but under construction. There's always something we could be working on. And then look at your weaknesses. Where are the areas that are a consistent theme that maybe prevents you from having healthy relationships with family or friends? What are those weaknesses? I can tell you one of mine, high school. Just to be honest, don't judge me. I lusted after the most beautiful blonde girl in the school for four years. I played every sport known to man. You couldn't get another letter on my jacket. I mean, I was in every honor society, captains of this and that. I didn't have the guts to even ask her out on a date. So for four years, I was tormented. And so finally, my mom said, if you don't ask somebody to the prom, I'm going to be your date. Big wake-up call. I asked somebody. That was, that's how she got me out of that. But in, uh, but in college, I took public speaking. I said, I'm going to learn to overcome that fear where I could eventually ask a beautiful young lady if we could go have coffee and see if that relationship's going to fruition. So find out your weakness and get some help in that area. So that's what you can do while you're single. Now, dating. Dating. 
Oh, man, I tell you what, I did it the world's way. It doesn't work. The clubs, the bars, the money, the alcohol, the headache, and the empty wallet every Sunday morning, not worth it. Don't recommend it. So what did I do to get this beautiful young lady right here? I literally stopped the world's way, and I said, God, you made her. You bring her. I am waiting on you. So if that encourages anybody looking, you know, for that future spouse, I waited on God. And I literally, I was 100% dead serious. I didn't go out with my friends. I declined every invitation. I just prayed, God, bring her. And he didn't make me suffer too long. Three months later, she moved in across the way. So <laughs> I still had to pursue. It wasn't easy. Those uh, two roommates didn't want their, their party buddy to, uh, to ditch them. So had to watch her running out of the house late with wet hair, going to work, infiltrate, have the conversation, and get our first date. But it happened. <laughs> so and then mindsets on dating. You know, unfortunately, I looked up the 2020 stats, and plus or minus 50% of all current marriages in the U.S. end in either divorce or separation. That's a horrible statistic. We've allowed the devil way too much room in, in dating and married life. But, you know, whether you had a dysfunctional marriage like my parents did, you know, that doesn't have to define you. And what I found with guys is a lot of issues with guys is they're afraid of commitment and responsibility. And they're really worried about financially taking care of that future spouse. You know, and th those are legitimate concerns, I would agree. But like, isn't your spouse hope to help you build the life that you want? Aren't you supposed to build that life together, not have it all figured out when they come along? So invite someone in on the journey and don't let that take you out from pursuing. And then for ladies, you know, looking for Mr. Perfect. You know, sorry, ladies, Pastor Michael's already been taken. There are other good guys out there, but Mr. Perfect's gone. No, Mr. Perfect does not exist. Don't look for perfection. Look for potential. That is how you build a life together. Look for potential and help each other, develop each other over time. I was a total introvert my whole life, and that's generally my nature. I married this social butterfly, and she wants to talk to every one of you before we leave and be the last one to leave. So now we go to parties, and I actually enjoy meeting you, conversations, and we are the last one to leave. Now, don't let that stop you from inviting us to dinner. We won't crash, you know, your sleep time. We will get out at the appropriate time. So, but yeah, but no, we enjoy people. It's fun. And then uh, be bold and courageous. Uh, also, you know, you don't have to find a perfect Christian guy or gal to start the dating. Uh, there's stories in this church of campus pastors that came into this house unsaved, became saved. God transformed their life, and now their light is shining as a campus pastor in Awakened Church. You just want to make sure you're not unequally yoked with a non-Christian, but like we all were non-Christian at some point in our life and somebody took a chance on us. And then again, to harp on, on the dating piece, seek mentorship, mentorship yeah. in dating. We have the privilege of overseeing the young adults uh, at the Balboa campus. And unfortunately, a lot of them think mentorship is, I've made the decision, now can you confirm it? I was like, no. You ask for wisdom and seek counsel before you make the decision. That's proper mentorship right there. So we, we work with people. We love helping people. But ask, you know, there's people in this room, 40s, 50s, 60s, that have lived life twice as long as the 20-year-olds. So why not? They've got the, the scars of battle on them. They've made the mistakes. They've overcome. They got back up, dusted themselves off. So seek mentorship. 
Seek God, seek mentorship. And then I want to tell you, you know, the last thing I'll just summarize with, and I'll bring up my beautiful bride, is the best thing I can tell you, whether you're single, dating, and marriage, the key to our victory and the legacy that we're leaving for our girls is a relationship with God, number one. Got to be your top priority. He's who you say I do to. He's the third member of that marriage. He gets you through tough times. Many times in our 25-year walk, I had to leave the house and go on a God walk because my wife and I were not seeing eye to eye, and we were both just stuck in our, our ways. No one was budging an inch. And kind of like Pastor Jurgen says, God, the woman you gave me, like, can't you convince her? But I will honestly tell you, every God walk I ever went on, he's like, what could you have done different? What can you own? What can you say you're sorry for? How could you have shifted the atmosphere? Didn't I call you to lead your bride? I was like, whoa, man. So anyway, that was a golden nugget for me. So I hope that encourages you. Become the best you, whether you're married, single, dating, just continue to work on you, to be the best you. And you know how you find out what areas of weakness? Ask your friends. Hey, be honest with me. What areas of my life could I improve on? And if you have the guts to ask that question, man, your life is just going to transform. And I want the best for you. And then finally, just uh, date well, you know, respect that young lady, you know, honor that young man. I always treated any woman I potentially dated as that's God's daughter's first, not the father's daughter. That's God's daughter. I'm going to be judged by how well I treat her, how much I love, how much I respect. I'm not pushing sex before marriage. I'm going to do it the biblical way because the reward is so much greater than the world's way. So just a tip there. And then finally, seek wisdom in every area of your life and you are going to dominate. So I love you guys. Let's bring up my beautiful wife, Pastor Tessa. Yes, babe. So, so good. Mentorship. We hear about it all the time in church. It's discipleship. We are a discipleship church. And that is what that means. Great tips on that. Thanks, babe. I could hear you talk forever. You do lead us really well. Thank you for doing that. Especially since I fight you on that sometimes. I appreciate it. <laughs> but I just want to echo really quick what, what Charles said. You guys really have the best of the best in your pastors. I mean, we had the privilege of knowing them for 12 years, like Pastor Lisa said, and building Balboa with them. And then it just got to where, like, the anointing on their life, the gifts that they have, the heart that they have for people— um, it, we just, we couldn't keep them any longer and they got sent over here to you. So you are very blessed and lucky. So thank your pastors, pray for your pastors and grow underneath them. That's the best way to do it. I'm excited for your new building. We're going to drive over afterwards and pray over it. It's going to be awesome. So, all right. So we've talked about dating. We've talked about making your life epic when you're single. Let's talk about marriage, shall we? Such a major topic. And it's a huge responsibility. Marriage is a huge responsibility, right? You are now, once you get married, responsible for each other's hearts. But you're not responsible for each other's happiness. You're responsible for each other's hearts. And when you've been given something like marriage, something that's precious and special and you want it to last forever, you need to remember that you need to maintain it, right? You need to take care of it and you need to treat it really, really well. So um, Charles and I are up here today because we have been through all of it in 25 years. I'm sure we've still got lots more adventures to go. But um, I, I've spent a lot of time, especially earlier in our marriage, being super frustrated, 
Like, how many people are married to someone that's completely opposite of you, and you're like, what the heck, God? Why did you do this, right? Like, we don't think the same. We don't do things the same. We, uh, we filter everything differently, and we're both firstborns. We're both type A, and we're both a little strong in our personalities. And, um, and I don't have time to tell you my whole story, but it was opposite of Charles's. And I was very, very blessed to have parents that told me that since I was born, they had prayed for my spouse. And they told me that when I met him, I would know. So I had that kind of peace. And so that's a tip that I've now been able to do as a parent is to pray for my kids and their spouse. And um, I thank God for that because when God confirmed that I was supposed to marry Charles, that really helped us through a lot of moments where I would have had doubts had I not known that we were supposed to be a team. But God doesn't create things that harm us or frustrate us, and he doesn't make mistakes, and he created marriage. Marriage is a covenant before God, a commitment to one another. A commitment by definition means a promise, a vow, an agreement, a pledge, a dedication to a long-term course of action or involvement. And that convicted me even when I, even when I, read it and looked it up because wait, so like commitment is not a feeling. Marriage is not about a feeling. It's not about when it's convenient. It's not about when it's working for you all the time. It's a decision. It's a decision to love. It's a decision to give. It's a decision to grow. It's a decision to go through the suck when you're going through it together. You know, it is a decision that you make every day. So if God doesn't make any mistakes and it's supposed to last forever, it's supposed to last forever, then we might as well make it awesome, right? So let's make it awesome. How do we make it awesome? We do all the practical things that Charles said. Like, we definitely put God first. We both wrote the same things without knowing we were writing these things, so they must work. You know, I mean, Matthew 6, seek God first, and all of these things will be added unto you, right? And you're like, yeah, I know, you're in church, you're supposed to say those things, but I'm telling you, whether you're newlyweds and you're on your honeymoon and you still have all the lovey-dovey feelings, which... They will stay. Don't worry. Don't let people speak over you that it gets worse. It only gets better when you do it right. But that's what you need. No matter what, you need to put God first. And you need to do also, like Pastor Charles said, and be in your Bible. Your Bible is your source of truth. It defines the good, the bad, what's right, what's wrong. It tells you how to live. When I open the Bible, it reminds me all the time that in my marriage, in my parenting, in my life, that a soft answer turns away wrath right? That uh, I have patience and kindness and self-control already built inside of me. So the Bible's where all wisdom flows. So also plant yourself in church. Don't just come in here on Sunday mornings and leave. You know, this is why you hear pastors get up here and talk about being in a connect group and, and serving on a team and coming to men's and women's prayer. It's because when you come and you do those things, you find your people and you find people that can disciple you and you find people that are going to speak life in you and you find people that have wisdom. So I really encourage you to do those things. Those are the basics. That's your foundation to build everything on. So in 25 years of marriage, God has given me two revelations that I am going to share with you today. And I talk fast, so let's get through this, all right? Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Well, in and out of church, we've heard that verse, right? And I've personally always been like, yeah, that's the man's verse. That's the emerge man's verse. But God was showing me, especially as we've been counseling so many young couples in this past year, that God 
tends to bring you someone, even if they're not completely opposite of you, he tends to bring you someone that doesn't think like you and filters things differently than you and has the same, has different strengths and talents and abilities. And of course he's going to do that. He's already got you. So he needs to bring you something different, right? I mean, the Bible says, when he created you and formed you, he created you for a purpose. He created you with awesome, specific things that he had in mind for you. Some of those things are super obvious and you're already walking in those, but I believe that some of those things are buried deep down inside of you. And when he gives you a partner in marriage, imagine that your partner comes with like a toolbox, right? Charles is like camo and mine is like pink and sparkly, okay? But inside that toolbox is like a chisel and a shovel and safety goggles. And it's got all the things because I believe that part of our assignment with one another in marriage is to dig deep and bring out the gold that God has buried deep inside of each other. See, think about it. Who knows you better than anyone? Who knows your strengths, your weaknesses? Who knows what your fears are? Who knows what you're avoiding, but what your capacity maybe is? Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that he should walk in them. Jeremiah 29.11, we all know it, for I know the plans for you has the Lord. So if God has huge plans, huge purposes for each one of us, we don't get anywhere great by ourselves. You know, we have discipleship from others, but I believe that if we use one another, if we let one another speak into each other's life, let one another bring out what God has buried deep inside of you, let yourself be challenged and it'll help you get to your purpose and your calling in your life. Amen. See, when iron sharpens iron, there are sparks and that's okay. But here's the beautiful thing about sparks. You get to choose what happens with those sparks because sparks can turn into flames which turn into fire, and if you let it go, it can literally burn your whole house down, okay? But if you take those sparks and you just let them do what they're supposed to do, they're supposed to have sparks there when iron is sharpening iron, and if you're called to have iron sharpen iron, let those sparks smooth out those rough areas in your marriage, and we'll all be better for it. See, the devil hates marriage. He is always looking to attack marriage. That is why our prophetic Pastor Leanne said, family is the future, right? The future is family because the devil wants to come in, the education system, all the things we're seeing in the world want to come and attack marriages and attack family because that is the foundation of, of any civilized, great, thriving society is the family, right? So... We, we know that God's word says when there's unity, there is blessing. So the devil's going to come in and try to use any of our differences, any of those sparks to try to create disunity and make you feel like you're not on the same team. Okay. Like just yesterday, we spent 10 minutes arguing, discussing in the car about how I parked the truck. Okay. Because I had asked him how to do it. And then I didn't listen to the way he did it because I thought my way was better. And BTW, it was better. The car was parked fine. Okay. But we spent like 10 10 minutes arguing about it because he was like, why do you ask me things? And then you don't listen. You don't let me lead. It was like this whole thing. You know, our kids were like in the car and they were like, okay, we're just going to get out. And I have teenagers so they can get out by themselves. They were like, we're just going to leave you to do this and like go do what we're supposed to do. So it was a stupid argument. And we literally were laughing about it last night. And of course, you know, we're getting ready to talk on marriage. So it's been one of those weeks, right? <laughs> 
So, um, but it was just, it was a reminder. Like I'm sitting there, things are coming out of my mouth and I'm, no, I'm like, I know this isn't really going to get anywhere, but I'm just so frustrated right now that I'm still going to go for it. And I knew my kids were in the back seat, and I was like, I was hearing the Holy Spirit be like, just stop talking, but I didn't. And so I, I just want to remind all of us that are parents, cause I'm talking to myself, you know, everything we say in our marriage, everything we do in our home, the way we talk to each other, the way we respond to one another, the way we pray for each other or don't pray for one another or with one another. We are always teaching our kids what marriage looks like. And uh, we didn't do the best job yesterday. So I apologize to my kids in the first service already. And it's going to happen again, but we're going to get through it. and It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so I personally take it on as my responsibility to create the right atmosphere in my home. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 15, a quarrelsome wife is like the dripping of a leaky roof in a rainstorm. How annoying is the drip, 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 drip. I know you're getting annoyed right now just listening to me do that, right? The drip that is not taken care of can create a lot of damage. If a little drip of water can create mold, it can create rot. If you've ever had any water damage in your house, you have seen how a little tiny drip of water can turn into a disaster if it's not taken care of, right? A little drip of water can ruin an entire space. You'll have to repair it. Sometimes if you let it go too long, you'll have to rip it up and start all the way over. So God is trying to warn us by this little drip to watch our thoughts because we all know our thoughts become our words, our words become our actions, and our actions become our life. So ask yourself, do my thoughts and my actions bring honor to God? Do they bring blessings into my home? And do they bring unity in my marriage? I ask myself as a wife, am I being a woman of strength or am I just being a strong woman? Because after years of marriage, I hope I've learned the difference. The second lesson I've learned I want to share with you right now. We had the privilege of um, having Rex Crane at our staff meeting in Catalina a few weeks ago, and he had everybody take a moment to really dig deep and write down three things that you are really, really proud of yourself. And we did all that, and we kind of shared. We had a little bit of time to share it with one another. But he, it was a really powerful exercise because it. He explained the psychology of helping us focus on what we're proud of pushes us into a completely different posture in our world and in our, in our thinking and in our beliefs for ourselves that we can really go after, after all God has for us if we start in this, in this area of like, wow, let me think about like being thankful, like Pastor Charles says. Let me think about being proud of the things that I have done right. And Charles and I have check-ins. We try to do them weekly. And... Um, after doing that lesson with about being proud, I was so convicted that when, when we're sitting down and we're doing check-ins, like, am I sitting down and I'm telling him about all the things I appreciate and all the things he did right this week? Or am I sitting down and, and like finally like, okay, now is the time I've been waiting all week to tell you all the things you did wrong and all the things you need to do different. And I was just like, wow, how is he going to ever want to change, you know? And this goes, I know I'm talking from a white perspective, but it goes both ways, okay? See, about a year or two ago, uh, we had probably had a moment, uh, like the truck moment, and we had a discussion, and I was super frustrated, and I did what I'm telling you to do. I went to God first, and God gave me a picture of my husband standing in front of me, and he had a suit of armor on. 
And what I had spent time doing for years was denting his armor. See, and some of those dents were shallow and they could be popped out and fixed and forgiven. But some of those dents were deep and they were going to be permanent. Some of them had even like pierced the armor and they had left like a hole where he was now exposed to any, any other attacks and vulnerable from any attacks from the enemy in the world. See, ladies, I want to speak to you specifically right now. That is who your men is. He is your knight in shining armor. God created him to be a warrior for the kingdom. He created him to be a king and a priest, a provider, a protector. So whether he's those things now or whether he still needs to grow into those things, our jobs as wife is not to dent his armor. Our job is to shine his armor. Our job is to shine his armor. And so, again, the the Bible tells us, you know, you speak to things that are not as if they are. So if if your spouse, whether it's your husband or your wife, is not quite yet in, in, you know, all that God has him to be or her to be. And that's okay. That's, That's actually the way it's supposed to be. You know, like when Pastor Charles was talking about, you know, being single and living your epic life now. Because then you have a partner that comes with you and you're supposed to now still have a journey to go on, right? You're supposed to dig out the gold in one another. You're supposed to shine each other's armor and get everybody to where they need to be into the next thing. So it's a responsibility that I have just reminded myself to take on. And I hope that it can remind you of that too. See, God's design for the man is to have a mission. So the wife can be under submission. The Bible speaks all the way through uh, the Bible about submission to God, submission to authority, submission to God, submission to your pastor, submission to your husband. So don't let the devil twist that and make it seem like that's all about control. True godly submission actually brings power and authority and covering and wisdom and honor. So let your words build each other up. Remind each other who you are in Christ. It's going to benefit you both. So if I can encourage anyone today, if you're like me and you have not been perfect in your marriage or honoring with your words or your actions, let's let God just heal that up today so we can do better. So I'm going to invite my husband back up here to pray with me. Um, How about we all stand up? Let's all stand up. We've covered a lot in the really short time that we've had. And um, so I, I just, I don't want to leave today and make sure that we pray for some things, okay? So why don't we pray for about four or five things? Um, there's a lot of singles in the room. And um, some of you left your hands up when you were talking about being single and wanting to find your spouse. So we're going to pray for you today. Um, I'll start off praying for that. And then uh, why don't we pray for... Uh, being a cycle breaker. You know, if you're a child of divorce and you were like Charles and you didn't see the incredible example of what a marriage can be, you don't have to take that into the next generation. You can be a cycle breaker. That can stop now. So we'll pray over those things. You have authority over that. We'll definitely pray over that. And then I know that we can't talk about a subject like this without there being people in here that you know, are, are reflecting and thinking, you know, my marriage didn't turn out the way it was supposed to. You know, there were things I could have done different. There were things that were done to me. We're going to heal that today. Okay. You don't have to leave the same. This is a house of transformation. God is a redeemer and we can change all of those things because your story is not done yet. The best days are still ahead of you. So we're going to pray for those things today and then pray over marriages. Good.
Okay. All right. Well, then for those of you that were single, why don't you raise your hands and the people around you are going to pray for you. We're just going to go into prayer right now. We thank you, Heavenly Father. I thank you, God, Lord, that you know the desires of every single one of your sons and daughters that have their hands raised right now. So in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just call out, God, the spouse that you have for them. We thank you, God, that you are making it plain, Lord, the things that they need to work on, the things that they need to do. But more than importantly, God, we thank you that they seek you first and all of these things will be added unto you. So I just thank you, God, as they're living their epic life, as they're running towards you, God, you are going to bring the partner that is going to dig out the gold. You are going to bring the partner that they know that they are promised, Lord. So we just thank you, God, that hope is rising where hope has been lost. We thank you, God, that there are still promises and purpose for every single one of them, Lord, that you are going to bring a partner to do that with them. And we thank you in advance for those things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we're going to pray right now for those uh, children of divorce that just need some inner healing. So dear Heavenly Father, for every child of divorce, God, you know what they saw, what they witnessed, what they experienced. But God, right now, we just declare that what the devil meant for evil, God will use for good. God, the test is part of their testimony. And God, right now, I speak over every child of divorce that they will create a new link a new chain, a generational chain of a functional relationship, a relationship where they find themselves in the house of God. God, they seek your wisdom. They remember who they made the vow to when they said, I do. And God, that they will leave a legacy to their children. God, they will be the ones that stand in the gap and to do it your way. So God, I just declare favor, blessing over their life. God, give them an epic marriage in Jesus' mighty name. And I pray right now, Lord, over the hurts and the shame. I rebuke shame right now in the name of Jesus over anybody that is in this building that has um, looked at their past life and thought, well, this is not the way it was supposed to turn out. These are not the things that was supposed to happen. I rebuke that, that spirit of shame over your life right now in the name of Jesus. I come against disappointment and I declare again that hope is rising inside of you. I thank you, God, that the broken things that, that they have they have um, pushed down so deep, God, would be brought to the surface right now, that there is healing all over this room right now, that those disappointments turn into triumphs, God, that those dreams that were crushed, God, now turn into new purpose. And I thank you, God, that they declare over their life that the best days are ahead of them. I thank you, God, for people that you're bringing around them, that speak life into them, that remind them of the promises that God has for them. I thank you, God, that there's still an adventure ahead of them. There is still a life to live ahead of them. And I thank you, God, that their story is not yet written. And I thank you, God, for healing. I thank you, God, that the things that they carried in here with them, the baggage that they carried in with them, they leave right here at your feet, God. But I see over you all right now that you're still carrying bags out with you, but those bags are going to be empty because God's going to fill them with all that he still has for you, fill them with all of the promises he still has for you, all the desires of your heart. Seek him first. He will fill those bags with desires and promise and joy and all of that your future has in Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. And finally, I want to play, pray over marriages. So if the, your husband and wife in here, just hold hands and uh, have the husband just lift your hand up. And if your spouse is not here, just hold your hand up. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for being the author of marriage. God, thank you for being the third person there on that wedding day. God, thank you for the reminder, for better or for worse. And God, it's easy to have joy in the for better, but God, we need you when it's for the worse. So God, just be with each of these men and women. Let them know that you put them together and what 
you have put together, let no man, including themselves, tear apart. So God, I just pray and declare that their marriage is strong. It is powerful. That the man is leading his wife, his kids to church. He is planted in the house. God, he seeks your wisdom. You're the ultimate father. And God, when they are with you, nobody can be against them. So God, thank you for just epic marriages coming out of Awakened Church. God, that we go into our community. They say there's something different about your marriage. Give me the secret and say, come to church. You'll find out. So thank you, God, what you're doing in and through this family right here. Increase, multiply, and create generational impact. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.